We're back. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. This is Sports Day. Howdy and welcome to a Wednesday night edition of Sports Day. Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews here tonight. Hello, Scotty. Hello, Jace. How are you? I'm very good, mate. How are you? I'm going well. He's such a big hunk of spunk. I'm actually going to the uh, the Gold Coast Titans, uh, what are they called? The season launch, launch tonight, yes. which is a, quite a low-key launch. But but it's going to be interesting to listen to Desi. And yeah, that'd be good. He's addressed to the you know, the fans and the corporate sort of there. It's, it's going to be interesting, actually, because he's, he's always been a uh, – well, he's quite a – he's a very quiet man, mm. Desi. He doesn't reveal too much. Um yeah, he always leaves a lot of questions to be asked with Desi, so it's going to be interesting to see him. Do you think you, he'll be, you'll be allowed to talk to him tonight? I, I'm betting you don't get the chance to say hello. That's my call. Won't get the chance? No. Nope. Why not? Because they won't let you anywhere near him. Because of me or uh, no, ABO? Because, is, no, there, is there an no, ABO out that I don't know about? I just think they're scared of him to ask him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I had to be like Desi uh, Scott Sattler. You'll just have to, you'll just have to like I don't know, parachute in. Yep. You have to do something that stands out. And Desi go, dress as a waiter <laughs> with a tray. This sounds good. I like it. Yep. Some horse doovers. Yep. Right. How good are the horse doovers? Oh, they're great. Mm. Yeah, but the problem is though, they're too small. Yeah. So you end up eating the whole tray. And when you take four or five of them, you other people look at they you. Look at you and go, yeah. Where's this? Called? I go, just shut up. Yeah. Do I ever go at you about the amount of drinks you're ordering? Mm. I've got meantime, I've got four beers in my pocket. <laughs> Mate, it should be a good night tonight. I remember I went there last year. Mm. It was good. So, um, is it also your going, so you can pick up Beck? Because yep. I left her last year. She mm. was she had the lazy eye. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, when my wife has too many drinks, she has one lazy eye. It's embarrassing. So. She needs a patch. <laughs> can we get her a patch? <laughs> Hey, um, we're here for the Kia Sorento and Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Um, on the show tonight, former St. George halfback David New. He's been in the US for a long time. Yeah, he has. 25 years. Uh, trying to launch rugby league in the state. Simon Orchard uh, from Graham's New South Wales. Actually, no, we won't have Simon on tonight, but plenty of stuff uh, coming up on the show. Um, in the news, Volandis has a $420 million expansion plan, including a second NRL signed... In New Zealand, Sats. Yeah, he's, he's touched on this when he's arrived in Vegas. There was a lot of media uh, waiting a lot of the Australian arrivals, so some of the media that were going over there, uh, the NRL representatives, and when asked about um, this historical double header in mm. Vegas, about what's going to happen with this war chest they've, they've got with net assets of around $260 million, uh, the NRL, um, he's, you know, there's a couple of things that he revealed. One, that he wants to try and play this double header in America for the next 20 years, whether that's in Vegas or New York or what? LA, whatever it may be, not quite sure. Um, but also the plans to try and create a financial gold mine to fund a, a 20 team NRL competition. And that would include a second team in New Zealand. And straight away, people go, would say, hang on a sec. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, look, the Warriors have been in three grand finals and they've finally just started after competing with the All Blacks for so many years to be able to dredge into the commercial dollar over there and mm. really get a foothold of, of New Zealand Rugby League. And I think COVID, although it was tough for the Warriors players, it actually 
they've built this great resilience and connection with their community as well. So um, people would say, well, hang on a sec. What? But he's not talking about tomorrow. There's not a New Zealand team that's coming in the next couple of years. It might be a 20-team competition in seven, eight, ten years mm. and a New, another New Zealand team then. Oh, I would hate to see another New Zealand team inside the next ten years in the NRL. I'd hate to see another team until every team, every club in the NRL is actually making a profit. Yeah, well, it's that's going to be difficult. That's going to be difficult. And, and they, they, a, lot, a lot more clubs are starting to make make a profit. But I've played in a 20-team competition. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, it was... It was it was horrible at times. And well, you were in a weaker team. Yeah, too. so it spread the talent. Which team was it? Was the the Crushers, Crushers. South Queensland Crushers? So it spread the talent amongst the twenty teams, and the teams down the bottom, uh, their best player would always get headhunted by one of the better better teams. I'll give you an example: Travis Norton, tremendous player, state of origin for Queensland, uh, the up and coming player, 18, 19 year old coming through the Crushers. Mm. Well, the Bulldogs just come in and said, "Well, we'll have him." Yeah, right. Yeah, and goes and plays at the Bulldogs for many, many years. And yeah. Yeah, so... Um, Are you for or against it? I'm against a 20-team competition. If anything, I'm I'm probably... I'd probably like to go back down to 16. Yeah, right. Somehow, how we could do that, I'm I not like quite the buy, sure. I like the buy, though, Sats. It gives players the chance to, to freshen up, particularly those teams where they play Origin, where they've got players playing Origin. Yeah. Gives them a chance to well, you, refresh If you it. talk to Joey Johns, he's all about a 14 or a 12-team competition, making it... Yes. The best, the creme of the creme the playing. Creme, yeah, yeah, and then that strengthens yeah, possibly your, your Queensland Cup and your New South Wales Cup. You've got really good players that are sitting there in, your, in the depths of your recruiting. And then players go to the UK Super League and strengthen the UK Super League as well. Oh, we're buying that as well, aren't we? Yeah, we can't do that. That'd be an absolute nightmare to buy <laughs> that. Every, Can someone know, just keep him on a leash? You know the actual game over there makes a loss. Uh, and yeah. every team makes, makes a, a loss. loss. About a million bucks per team. The Premiers from last year, yeah. Wigan, yeah. have over a million dollar loss yeah. from last year. And the competition's got a million dollar loss. In the 30 years of UK Super League. How much money have they made? No, going off topic here a little bit. In the UK Super League, yeah. 30 years, yeah. there's only been four winners. Four teams. Yeah, right. So... Hey, we're going to get that way in the NRL soon too if we don't strengthen those. If there's 20 teams, we will. Well, we're getting that way now, mate. Mm. Same getting... sort of top Yeah. Top two, top four. Yeah, Panthers, your Storm, your Roosters, you know, all those sorts of teams. I mean, the, the Warriors are coming through, the mm. Broncos. Only the strong and the rich will continue. It's like EPL. You know, the, the teams with the most money. Well, everyone gets the same amount yeah, from the but... NRL. And then everyone in their football department, there's a, a – Soft salary cap, which is the amount you can only spend on your football department. Yeah. But if you're a rich club commercially. Um, and player-wise, juniors, locals, all that sort of stuff. If you're a team that's regularly playing finals, yeah. it's a lot easier to recruit. Yeah, that's but right. At, you're at not a, paying over. A 20-team right? competition, yeah. that's a bridge too far, I think. Rightio. Um, Sats and Rat caught up with uh, David New earlier today, who's in Philadelphia. Sorry, I couldn't make it for that. All right. That was a, nice of Rat to step in for me. He's an interesting guy, David New. Uh, he has been over there, like you said earlier on. He's been over there for many, many years preaching to try and get rugby league as part of mainstream sport over there. And so, you know, this Sunday, Australian time, will be, you know, it'll be a, a, tear, to a, a tear to a glass eye for him because it's been a long time. He's on the show next. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to the show. Scotty Sadler and Matty Rogers here on a Wednesday night. Yes. Um, thank you for joining us once again. And as we... Start looking forward to this weekend's game at uh, games at Vegas. There has been a man that has 
We saw him grace our our screens and our and listen on our our radios back in the in the nineties for the St George Dragons, not the mm. St George Illawarra Dragons. That man's name is David New. So he's been on this crusade for many many years yes. in the country of the United States, hasn't he, Rat? To try and get rugby league on a grand scale. Oh, he has. He and, has. And and to the point where he even, you know, had a bit to do with getting my brother over there to play in New Jersey, which was fantastic back in the early 2000s. So, yeah, it's um, made fantastic to have him on the show, but also fantastic to see, I'm sure from his point of view, to see the NRL in the US. Yeah, we're going to hear from the man himself. Live from Philadelphia, David New is on the line for Sports Day. How are you, Dave? Scott. Matt, how are you, boys? We're very, very well. I'm really excited to talk to you because, as I was saying, you've been on this crusade for a long time to try and introduce rugby league, not only in the schools, which you did when you, you moved over to Philly uh, in the 90s, but also on a grander scale, much like a, a UK Super League um, style. So with this game in Vegas on the weekend, it must be just a, a sight for sore eyes. Yeah, it's really exciting. You know, as, as you guys mentioned, I've been here a while. It feels forever, almost 30 years now. So seen a lot of things happen over that period of time from, you know, the, the ground up, from just trying to get the game started very humbly from guys playing and learning the game, uh, putting on internationals, having you know, teams such as Australia, the Kangaroos coming across and playing here, England, New Zealand, uh, a national club competition, and now watching the NRL come here. It's kind of surreal, but very, very exciting. Can't wait for next Saturday. Now, let's go back that 30 years because you moved over to Philly as a teacher. And that's, is that when you started introducing rugby league into schools, Dave? It was. You know, it was a combination of things. It was, one, it was introducing the game, you know, to kids, you know, various, in various forms from, from flag, rugby league, try to remove some of the contact and get people more interested because, as you imagine, in the 90s, talking to schools about playing rugby in you know, a sport without shoulder pads and helmets. It was a little concerning, so, you know, sort of modified the rules and, and got people interested that way. Or anyway, anyway, you could get them to hold a ball. And at the same time, we had a team from Glen Mills schools where I worked with the staff members who played against others that we formed a, a, a club competition. So it was almost like the longest yard, right? The school was a, wow. a place that kids were sent from the courts from around the, the country. Uh, some kids from gangs and bad situations. So the staff were big, strong college athletic um, um, former football players who really converted to the game of, of rugby league quite easily. So you've seen a lot and um, seen the ups and downs. And this is certainly, we're up at the moment and really enjoying what's coming. Now, how was it received in those early days, Dave? Like it, they must have, I mean, I've, I've trained with some American sides out here and, and sometimes the, the concept of, of play what you see in front of you is a little bit foreign to them because it's, you know, in American football, it's like the play is the play and you run that play. Um, how was it received, that ad-lib type of football where you just sort of go out there and sort of you, you express yourself with your skill? Yeah, it's funny because, you know, for the most part, if you've got some basketballs to cross over, that was all right. You know, they were used to playing in space and, and moving the ball around. But a lot of the footballers, if they came from a, a defensive position, they never touched the ball. So, yeah, when guys were on it, they were breaking them in half. But when they didn't have the ball, they'd just take off down the field. They'd be blocking people and knock them over. So the first games that we ever played, you blokes would be laughing. It was just crazy. You know? So you just had to try and get them conditioned to you know, pass backwards, to move forward. It just made no sense to them. But certainly the contact and the ability to, to sort of touch the ball and play on both sides of the ball was exciting for them. 
Now, I remember talking back in around 2007 to yourself, Dave, when, when we were at the yeah. Gold Coast Titans, and and it's just, it seemed as though it was just on the verge of a possible Super League type scenario starting in, in the US with, with teams in different in different states and different cities. Now, the NRL has said they're you know, possibly looking at a Super League in the US. I think it'd be ludicrous if they went and bought the UK Super League. It loses too much money. But to start a Super League style in the US, how do you think that would be received? I think there's an opportunity, right? There's, there's certainly a massive sports marketplace. The population could, could satisfy the style of game and you know, the dynamic nature of rugby league. All those things make, make sense totally. When we tried to do it way back in 2007, it was related to a media partnership. So it happened to be a, a conversation and a relationship with a network called Spike, owned by Viacom, and they were the guys that presented the original uh, Ultimate Fighter. So we looked at it as a way of trying to get out into the community, in the marketplace and across the country and identify athletes in a TV-based program that got them to have an opportunity to play in this professional rugby league competition. So we actually were all the way down the path, and then the market crashed, mm. as you might recall, 2008. Yep. But they pulled back, pulled back funding. So I've always believed that there's a place for a professional level of this game where you can get the bottom, you know, the grassroots work, you can get it into the high schools and into the universities, and then you can work from the top down, and all those things can be. I still believe there's an opportunity for a professional rugby league competition here done right. Yeah, well, I'd believe it too. Given in the last probably decade, we've seen the rise of Major League Soccer, mm. um, which is not a staple yep. in, in the US. We've seen the rise of rugby, uh, Major League Rugby over there with um, you know, uh, the Guillotinis and you know Texas, owned by Adam Gilchrist at the time, an Aussie. Um, it's a huge market. I mean, given that they do have those staples, are, are you trying to crack into those markets or are you trying to create a whole new market for something? You're not trying to steal from other sports. You're trying to create something new. Is that what, is that what the sort of the mission would be? Yeah, I think it could be a combination of both. If you look at soccer, when I got here in the early 90s, there was a lot of expats, mm. you know, and, and they were trying to get the game up and moving, but some of them were, you know, well-oiled. They had a ton of money. So they have the ability to take you know a global game like soccer, find a community here in the US of, of, of initial adopters, so people from all over the world that love soccer. And it started, you know, quite humbly, but you know, just recently a soccer franchise is selling for close to half a billion dollars, five hundred thousand mm. dollars. That's in a period of thirty years. Yeah. And if you look at the other sports, lacrosse has grown here. So there's every opportunity for rugby league to really, really find its place in the market. People tend to say that they're going to get confused by rugby union and, and, and the other versions of rugby, rugby sevens that are here. But I see it and I've always believed that, that rugby league looks way more like American football, which they understand, than the other two. And, and you know, no disrespect to rugby union, Manny. I know you played both. Yep. I played both as well. But just for this audience, for this marketplace, for a produced you know, product, for broadcast, whether it's you know, free air or streaming, it makes sense. So, you know, smart people, people with, who are well-resourced that can fund those sort of opportunities, those things can happen, and I really believe they can happen far quicker because of what's going on in Vegas on March the 2nd. Yeah, well, I was going to... high profile, all the eyeballs, it gets the attention and the energy, and then people get their heads together and go, hang on, there's something here. Mm. 
Yeah, well, I was going to ask you off the back of this Vegas trip, and, and I can only imagine it's this isn't going to be a one-off. I, I can imagine this being, you know, next five or six years, they keep going back and the crowd's, you know, continually growing every year and the excitement around it becoming more and more. What hopes um, do the local community have? I mean, the rugby league community, and I know it's not a huge community, but it's a passionate community. What what would you love to see come out of this, Dave? I, I think they've got high hopes for a good reason, is that finally they've got an opportunity to direct people to something major in this country around a rugby league event, which is massive for NRL teams. Then they can point them to the television. If they can't make it to Vegas, they can all watch it live on Fox Sports. So they can sort of tell their friends and their community, here's where you can watch it on a platform, which normally they wouldn't get, Mm. which is exciting for them. Mm. And then all the energy that comes from this, all the guys that are going to come and play in the Nines tournament that's going on out in Vegas next um, Thursday, this Thursday and Friday coming, or a Masters tournament, or a Combine, all those people are going to go back to their communities really excited about what's going on, which exponentially, you know, helps to grow the game. You know, those things help this thing to move forward, you know, collectively. So there's so many things that are going to come from it that we don't really know about now that, that ideally we're going to see, you know, months after this event, knowing that they're coming back again next March. And, and according to, you know, what we've been told, it's going to be a five-year plan. Mm. A lot of good things can happen in that period of time. Absolutely. I know it's in Canada. Remember the interest that the Toronto Wolfpack got yeah. when they first came into the yeah, yeah. first yeah. division of the of the Super well, League? I'm just, I'm, I'm not excited. I'm, I'm thinking, are, are, are the licenses for sale for the for the US NRL side yet? Yeah, might be worth getting in on one early. Hey, <laughs> hey, Dave, out of all the um, the cities, if, you know, when you were looking at cities back in 2007 that would be hosting potential yep. Super League rugby league teams, what would have been the most popular city to play for for a player? Oh, two ways to look at it. From a, from a business standpoint, it would be the major media markets. You know, New York, Philadelphia, LA, Miami, Dallas, so almost mirrored some of the football teams. And for a player's perspective, somewhere warm. Yes. <laughs> you're really going to have to make sure. <laughs> you're really going to make sure that, you, you, you know, the seasonality of the tournament's important, isn't it? It's not just about, you know, the ability, because this country's so massive, you know, if you're seeing football, you can play and it's bright sunshine on the West Coast and it's snowing on the East Coast. So those things are going to come into consideration, uh, but also competition, you know, who you're up against, what's their ideal time? I think all of us would think it would make sense is right about now. NFL's finished. All, you know, that, that desire and appetite for contact and football style, and, and let's let's face it, now, our ball looks similar. We play on a similar shape field, and the rules and the strategy are very similar. Why not try and find and capture a time of the year that makes sense? Now, if you look at what's going on with the rock and the, and the spring football, yes. they're trying to do the same thing so yep. that there's kind of a race for where's the opportunity and where's that lie. In, in my mind, it's somewhere between you know, the end of February, early March, like we're talking about now, up until probably May or June. Because mm. when summer starts here, it gets very busy in terms of, you know, the competition for people's attention. The Americans love to go to the beach and mm. do all their summer stuff. And, you know, they go on holidays. So you don't really want to go up against that. And, you know, baseball sort of has an opportunity there without much competition and basketball. So, you know, identifying the key window, how long you want that competition to be for. Because we see football in this country, and you guys see it as well, the American football has been a real smart um operating schedule where they show and give you just enough over 16, 17 weeks and in the playoffs. 
but you really want more after it's yes. finished rather than mm. some of these extended yeah. competitions where Absolutely. it can be too much. Yep. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, Dave, it's been great to catch up because you've been at the coalface for many, many years over there. The pioneer. Been, yeah, absolutely. You've been com- preaching to the converted here. We'd love to see it happen. And I think come Saturday, Vegas time, Sunday Australian time, you'll have a, you'll be smiling like a Cheshire cat. And let's hope that one day your dream comes to fruition and you're heavily involved in that. So thanks for joining us on Sports Day, Dave, because we know it's getting there late at night where yeah, you are in Philly, Philly at the moment. Absolutely. So we're... Uh, we're uh, very privileged to be able to have you on air tonight. Thanks very much. I appreciate it, guys. It's wonderful. As I said, you know, I'm excited about it. Can't wait for Saturday. And hopefully it's something that all rugby league fans will be really proud of and excited to see get bigger and bigger. We're back. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. This is Sports Day. I'll tell you what, this uh, Kia inspires, and we're now going to get into a great new segment called Opinions That Inspire, the new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Sporting records tonight, Sats. That will never be broken. Interesting one. Interesting yeah. one. I, I saw this on a podcast in America probably about three weeks ago while I was away. I was... Just uh, listening through some podcasts, and I thought it was a really good subject because I started thinking straight away. You think straight away, you think um, points, and then I started to delve a little bit deeper into my history of sport, and I think yeah, it's not so much points all the time. Sometimes it's ages when someone does something at a certain age. Yeah. So I mean, in a rugby league terms, I never thought anyone would break. The great Kenny Irvine's two hundred and twelve tri- uh, scores, uh, tries yep. in rugby league history. Well, that's going to happen. Yeah. So you need twenty six more. Alex. Alex Johnson may not do it this year. We'll probably do it maybe next year. But some of the ones you think about is the Dragons, eleven straight premierships in the fifties and sixties. Different rules back then. You sort of had to live in the area that you play for the team than the area that you lived in. That'll never be broken though. That'll never be broken. Although especially Panthers are a third of the way there, four, a quarter of the way there. Especially in a salary cap <laughs> yeah. era, you're yeah. never going to beat it. Yeah. Um, so what if you throw up things like, um, well, you're a cricket man, Murali. Oh, Murali, 800 test wickets. And, and when you... But Warren is still... He's Warren, still... Warren, 708. So Warney is still celebrated as the greatest bowler of all time, yet he doesn't have the most wickets. No, but there was always that question mark around Murali, right? And the whole Daryl Hare thing. But... I just yeah. When you funny when you when you just said then I didn't think of high scores or anything. When I saw this today, mm-hmm. I thought of individuals straight away. So I got I got Murley on eight hundred Test wickets and comparing with Warney seven hundred eight. But what about Cam Smith four hundred odd games of NRL? I don't think that'll ever get beaten. No. Yeah, yeah. That's that's basically at worst missing one to two weeks in some years. He very rarely missed a game. And the pressure on him too, the referee at the same time. Exactly. It was incredible. Yeah, exactly. But he played, that's not counting um, tests. No. Origin. No, 60-odd tests for, incredible. for Australia. 50-odd to 60 tests for yeah. Australia and 40-odd yeah. tests for uh, State, State of Origin. of Origin matches. So, so. Yeah, it's, it's well over 500 games. I don't think we'll see that broken. I don't think we'll ever see that broken. The one that first came to my mind when I talk about ages, Mike Tyson was that world heavyweight champion in boxing at 20. Yeah, right. World heavyweight. Now, there's other people who do it in in, um, in lesser weight categories, but the heavyweight world title, 
Now, they're the biggest, baddest so, men. So and he's 20 years of age. With the heavyweight, when do you reach your maturity as a boxer? Late 20s? Late 20s. Late 20s, right. yeah. That's an incredible record. So he won it at 20 years of age um, against a guy by the name of Trevor Burbick. That will never, ever be beaten. 20 yeah. years of age. Like a lot of people said no one's going to beat Brady in yeah. relation to yeah. Super Bowl rings. Yeah, what's he got, seven? He's got seven, but Mahomes, Mahomes is in rare, rare now. He's got three already. Yeah. So he's, he's on his – I remember a really good story about um, Tom Brady when he's talking to uh, one of his players – uh, one time, and they were doing some training in the off-season. And he saw on his calendar, Super Bowl is on this date. And he goes, how come you got it already? He said, that's where we're going to be in the first week of February. We're going to be there. Yeah, wow. And he said, um, you know, it was Julian Edelman. Mm. He said to him, he goes, that's what we're going to be. He goes, okay. He goes, so if, you, if we get to there and you win, that'll be your, your third. So, well, you're chasing Montana, are you? Joe Montana, who had four. He said, yeah. not chasing Montana. Chasing Jordan. Yeah, Which was six. Wow. And so up getting seven. But LeBron James is an interesting one. Yes. Like beat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yep. last yep. season. Yep. Many boxing experts believe that he'll never get beaten. That record will never get beaten. Basketball experts. Basketball, yeah. yeah, yeah. Basketball should, experts, yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you reckon? Sporting record, records that'll never be broken. I'm sure there's some more out there. 0457 736 736. The new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Beautiful looking car. Kia's large SUV available now at your nearest Kia, Kia dealer. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask you about. Us. I'm hearing rumours mm. out of the Maroons about two fullbacks being picked. Okay. Get to that in just a moment. We're back. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state of the art design. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to the uh, the show. Sats and Jace here tonight. Time to get safe with Suncorp. Get your home storm season ready with Suncorp. Suncorp uh, home resilience. Okay. what's mm-hmm. Is this a safe bet for Queensland? There's rumours going around. I'm hearing chatter amongst the Queenslanders mm-hmm. that Billy mm. is looking at both Reese Walsh and Caelan Ponga for that number one spot for Queensland. So pick them both in the side. Yeah. Now... Is 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 that a safe bet that they'll both be picked? I would think they would be. Would Queensland be safe if they picked both them, picking one possibly out of position? Don't change my question, Scott, but okay. yours is better. <laughs> right. What you said, is is that is that safe? Yes. I think what you what you're really fortunate enough with Kalen is Kalen can play a number of positions. You'd be apprehend. I mean, now in his debut, I challenge you on that. He it, struggled at five eight yeah, for the Knights, mate. In his debut at Origin, he came on as a lock and was amazing. Nelly Nelly won the game for Queensland. Um, if it wasn't for a great tackle by James Tedesco, um, he's he could play off a bench and throw him into a number of positions, roving roles. But unfortunately for Queensland, they've got Ben Hunt and Harry Grant that share a starting role and a number fourteen role. So you wouldn't carry Kalen. And a Ben Hunt, for argument's sake. Okay, because then you've got to try and fit a couple of front rows, one that can play in the back row as well. So looking at game two last year, which is the Maroons won convincingly, 32 points to six at Suncorp Stadium. All right. The back line was Reese Walsh, Xavier Coates, Valentine Holmes, Hamaso Tabuai Fido, Murray Tawalangi, Cameron Munster, Daly Cherry Evans. Well, Corey Oates won't be there this year. I could see... No, Xavier Coates. Oh, Xavier Coates. So I could see... Reese Walsh being the number one. I could see Caelan Ponga 
taking up a wing position. A wing? Maybe. Not a centre position? No, maybe Xavier. Well, I don't think Val's going to go anywhere. One, he's a good player. Two, mm. he's a great goal kicker. Mm. And Hamaso, well, we saw what he did in the centres last year. Can you push him out to the wing? You, well, you can. You possibly can. Just switch him around during but the I, game. I think Kalen, as a winger and as a roving winger, as a second fullback. Just give him licence. Both he and Reese Walsh just hovering around the play of the ball. And as a defender, you're looking at me seeing Reese. Yeah. And you're seeing Kalen over there. You don't know where to push your numbers. Yeah. Where do I push my extra number? Because Reese Walsh is over here. We've got Kalen over. So I love this. Yeah. Queensland are now picking people out of their positions. Oh, I love it. Oh, I like the idea. In of, Madge, we must. I love the idea of Kalen either playing in the wing or playing in the centres. Yeah. I, I think he would be. I think he would be better in the centres. But I think Hamaso is far more dangerous in the centres. Right. He's, he's played centres as, as a growing up. Kalen hasn't. Okay. Hamaso knows how to play centre. Okay. Mm. This is looking good for the Blues. You reckon? Yeah. So it's safe to say the Blues will win Origin 3-0 based on that su- suggestion. Is that right? Just No, that's it's safe to say that shan't be happening. <laughs> Get your home. Storm season ready with Suncorp break time. Hey, uh, the first test starts tomorrow between the Aussies and the Kiwis. We preview it next. We're back. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. This is Sports Day. He's such a big hunk of spunk. Yes, that's Scotty Sattler we're referring to there on Sports Day. Jason Matthews here as well. The first test between Australia and New Zealand kicks off tomorrow. First four days uh, of this test sold out. Short, small grounds, but... Mate, there's, there's an appetite. They're, see, they've had the same summer in New Zealand that we had in Australia. They've just had really crap cricket. Mm. They had a third-string South African team tour. We kept hearing that the three T20s were sold out. They I weren't. Don't, I don't know what happened there. Yeah. Bizarre, right? First two games. Well, no, I heard the first two were sold out. Which they weren't. No. The first one at Wellington was, yeah, it was half full. Mm. Yeah, well, a bit more than that. Towards the end, there was a bit more. As people, I don't know where they went. But they rocked up really late. Maybe they thought they were one-dayers. Well, this this test match starting tomorrow. 8 a.m. Uh, Queensland time. Yeah, live on SEN, uh, every ball. But uh, it's a green monster, they call it. The pitch is, mm. looks like they haven't even mowed the dimensions out of the pitch. And Paddy Cummins is saying, you know what, it's, it's just, that's probably better for us. You know, our our bowling lineup, their their speed lineup, and their accuracy they get through the bowling, but also for the Australians, Neil Wagner has announced his retirement before game one. Yeah, he got tapped on the shoulder, Sat, yeah. saying he wasn't going to be picked. Yeah, but he was also one of he was Steve Smith's greatest tormentor. What well. he was the mm. the big South African, and he's he, he was intimidating, big big yeah big chested fast bowler. You know, he's number five on their all time wicket takers. I know. Yeah, I mean, he with Steve Smith, he got him. Four out of the last five, his bunny. five times, yeah. yeah so, no. I know he may not have played, but the fear of him playing maybe it's a little bit easier for for Steve Smith, especially with him opening as well. Yeah. Mm. Oh, they've got some good bowlers. Mm. Uh, Ravindra comes back in too from injury. Well, we're thinking he will. This this kid's a batting sensation. Um, New Zealand haven't named their eleven. Probably won't till tomorrow. I've got a couple of concerns about the Aussies, and and I think we're still vulnerable at the top of the order. And again, if we lose two quick wickets, I don't like Green at four. I and and we saw that this year against Pakistan, the West Indies. We lost two quick wickets. Green comes in, goes cheaply, and then you're putting pressure on two natural stroke makers in Head and Marsh. 
as I've said to you, Jason, a number of occasions, yeah, you don't want Head and Marsh to play conservative. That's that's what they're so good at. If they get some really good, good runs behind them, they go in with a lot of comfort and a, a mindset where they can yep. just open the shoulders a little bit. And as I've said to you a number of occasions, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with Cameron Green's whole, his whole constitution, the way that he holds himself. I, I for me, he doesn't look like a, a, an emotionally secure sort of person. If pressure's put on him, I just don't know whether he can, he can handle that sort of pressure yet. He's only still a young man when it comes to international cricket. I don't know if I agree with that because I tell you what's a good indicator: mm. fielding. And oh, he's he, a great fielder. He's the best for a big man. He's the best gully fieldsman in the world. But when you're a fielder, you you're one of many. Yeah. When, when you're batting, it's just you. It's, yeah. it's you and the bowler are having a battle. I think he's all right. I, yeah, I, I know what you mean with the body language. Mm. I, I get I get what you're saying, but it's probably because he's come. He's never had to face pressure like that. Coming in at two down for twelve, I think. Mm. You know, one test. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, we should be able to do this easy. Geez, we're, we're two down, nearly said something else yeah. then. And then all of a sudden, he loses his wicket and the head's in at three far, and then head would lose his wicket. Yeah. So that's only my concern. The other thing I want to keep an eye on as well is is Nathan Lyon, the GOAT. I'm, look, I'm hoping that he, you know, he, he came good towards the end of the test series, but we need him to be more consistent as our spin well, bowler. pitch may not. We'll find out. We've got, we've still got the best bowling attack yeah. in the world by a mile. Mm. We'll win this in three and a bit days. If the weather stays away. So there you go. That's tomorrow. Uh, catch all the action live on SCN. How good. I'll get up and I'll put the cricket on. It'll be on all day. It'll finish at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock. How good's that? And I, I won't fall asleep during it. That's what I'll be doing. You're watching reruns of maths and I'm watching the cricket. Stray wins, right? I've got them in three and a bit days. You got them in three and a bit days? Um, I, I hope three and a bit. I hope longer than three and a bit days because it means I don't know what your contingency plan is for all of Sunday, if it finishes early. All of Sunday? Yeah, so Vegas, baby. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, I mean, we're on air. Like, cricket, SEN's on, on air Yeah, for cricket. So, when if it finishes early. Oh, we'll just put, I don't know, some Reruns on. of maths on. Yeah, well, on we'll just put, oh, I don't know. We'll just, best of sports day if we can find yeah, something. Yeah. That'd be great. Hey, uh, we've got to go. Oh, no, we've got to go one more. Oh, I was I actually going. Don't know. I, I, I'm assuming Australia will win. Yeah. Um, because I think New Zealand is still one of those continents or countries that's trying to do as much as they can to be. I'm glad you recovered from that. Yeah. Um, it's trying You're to be right. one of those countries who really wants to do well at test cricket because a lot of countries really don't care about test cricket anymore. Well, we haven't been there in eight years, so let's hope it's uh, worth its while. Well, we've got to go to a break. Uh, we'll wrap up the show next. Not now, but next on Sports Day. We're back. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to the show. Sats and Jace here tonight. Uh, before we go, uh, a community update thanks to Firecoat. Be alert and prepare this bushfire season. No current fo- bushfire warnings for Queensland, which is great. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online. QFES.queensland.gov.au. This community update thanks to the new Firecoat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions, available at Bunnings Warehouse. Victoria, I know. Victoria's yeah, under maybe. a lot of pressure, aren't they, with the fires? Yep. Um, mm. Daddy, of course, loves his Broncos. Yep. And is always, uh, if you're a first-time listener, Daddy uh, is our producer, and he's always interested in the Broncos' sleeping arrangements, yeah. isn't he? Mm. Which is a little bit creepy. It is. Yep. It is. I mean, he sleeps with a Broncos footy every single night. Yep. Um, but here we are. This is the Broncos. He's got a picture of Buck. 
the horse above he's his actually bed. got a stuffed horse mm. in his room one that sadly passed away yeah and he's calling it buck yeah um he was he was eavesdropping in on the broncos this is going to be riveting content guys mm. so gather around the radio this is the broncos talking about their preferred roomies Alfie Langer. He'd be dragging you to all sorts of pubs early hours of the morning and yeah, I'm not too sure how I'd go in the game if I was running with Alf. Oh, I don't know. Reno. We annoy the shit out of each other too much already, so. I don't know how I could go if we were in a room together for ten days. Oh Reno, because he's a punish, he's annoying us, so <laughs> Reno. If we were Oates too, I just heard his voice. It don't ever rid me of Corey Oates ever. Because he's done shut up, see? Sorry, too, they don't want to be ruined mm-hmm. with. Uh, Renault, but Renault would get the bottom bunk, too, because he's little legs. I, I, I don't think the players get ruined with anyone these days. I think no. they get their own rooms. Now, I'm not sure over there. Yeah. But once upon a time, you had your roomie and you stayed with the same roomie. Like, no one ever wanted to get ruined with Craig Gower oh, at no. Penrith because he, he never wore clothes. <laughs> he's walked around nude everywhere. And he'd stay up till 2 o'clock the night before a game watching movies. He'd have the air conditioner on 16. <laughs> oh. Let me twist this on the, on, on, on its ear. Yeah. Who was your favourite? Tony Paul Tour. Yeah, right. Yeah. Why? Funny. Yeah. Keep, he'd keep you relaxed before the game just with his humour. I was saying, what, did he give you a massage? Yeah. And then he's just so easy going. <laughs> did you say yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and at 10 o'clock every night before the match, we'd go and get an ice cream and a packet of Twisties. Oh. Yeah. Sounds boring. <laughs> right, yeah, that's us for tonight. Uh, Maths dinner party. Uh, we're racing. Out. Oh, no, you're going to the Titans launch. I am. It's my anniversary Leaving tonight. Now. Oh, 26 years. 26 years, the wow. poor thing. You just see it. So what would you get her? Uh, I got her um, a card, yep. a very funny card yep. with some scratchies. Mm-hmm. That's my family's tradition. She hates scratchies, by the way. Oh, so a card and scratchies. Yeah, because my family always, I learned that from mum and dad, uh, someone's birthday or whatever, you don't want to get them, just get them a card for some scratchies. And so what'd she get you? No, no, and I also got two beautiful candles. Yeah, nice. Yeah, um, what'd she get me? Nothing. Yeah. Not even a card. It's fair indication where you sit in the, on well, the totem I did. pole of the, of the family. <laughs> I know. I did get a back scratch in bed this morning. <laughs> Am I going too far? <laughs> That's all right. And I I'd, said to her, don't give me I'd a card. I'd rather that than a scratchy. Trust me. I said to her, because I, I hate cards. So do I. I just look waste. at her and I go, yeah, waste. Yeah. It's a waste of six bucks or mm-hmm. whatever. But I just, I go, don't give me that. I said, I'll have a, a foot rub. I've, n- I've been known to write on the wrapping paper. Have you? Yeah. You tight ass. Yeah, like to Jason, mate, thanks very much. Happy birthday, whatever, yeah. You didn't even do that for me. Mm. I just, just gave you a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue, oh, which is about $300 a bottle. It's not. It hasn't gone up with inflation. It's 260. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to go. We'll take this fight off air. Uh, this is Sports Day back yeah, yeah. tomorrow night, everyone. Goodbye.